What's up, guys? Evolution Orb podcast coming your way. We have another great episode. Steve Smee here, and I got Rick. What's up, man? Hey, what's up, Steve? What's up, guys? How's everybody doing out there? Checking in, man. Another day. Um, so let's get into our topics. We have some really cool topics, guys. The first one is going to be about traveling with steroids. Let's, let's start with that. Um, traveling with steroids. Let's say you're on cycle and you got to go and travel either domestic or international. What do you do? Do you stay on cycle? Do you stop your cycle? Do you take your steroids with you? What are the laws when it comes to that? Rick, you travel a lot and I'm assuming that you've been in this predicament many, many times. What's your advice on this? What are, what are the best safest things to do in that situation? All right. Well, one thing to just right off the bat, I'll say the worst idea anyone could have is try to bring steroids with them on an airplane uh, into the United States or into, you know, Australia or UK, one of these really uh, first world countries. You don't want to fly in with steroids. First of all, that's probably not a great idea. But if you already live in one of these countries and you're flying out of the country or flying within the country, and you need to take your gear with you, then there's some things you can do to make sure that it's, um, you know, it's stealthy and that you don't have a lot of explaining to do. Now, again, going into the country, into one of these first world countries like US, UK, Australia, Canada, and let's say you're coming from a, a third world country, you, you know, your plane is going to be looked at it uh, more closely than if you're flying in from another first world country. So if you're if you're coming in from out of, the, out of the country, just be careful. Now, as far as flying with your stuff, right? Now, I'm not going to tell anybody out there to do this, but as far as flying with your stuff, tablets. If you got tablets or capsules. Um, I travel with a lot of supplements, uh, and uh, sometimes I'll have my monthly pack of pills with me that has the little, um, the little container with the 30 days of uh, little, t- little tablets and and capsules I can put together. What are those things called, Steve? A pill organizer or something? Yeah, those little two, three dollar pill organizers you get from like the drugstore. Yeah. So I, I'd have one of those, and you just stuff them, man. And if you have a uh, ten, fifteen different items in each in each one of those, and one of those happens to be, or a couple of those happens to be your steroids, chances are they're going to be pretty stealthy there. Uh, if you if you don't bring the bottles with you, but you bring those pill organizers for the week or the month or whatever, and you just uh, put put your things in there casually, you'd have to be really be getting taken a look at, and they'd have to test all your stuff. I mean, it, it would get really complex at that point. So right off the bat, one of the things you don't want to do, just remember, is take anything with with labels or or boxes or stickers, anything that says what's in it. Loose tablets, um, liquid that's been uh, put in a, in a different container. Again, you're, you're looking at testing uh, before they can even tell what it is. And from what I can tell so far, and I could be wrong about this, but from what I can tell at the international airports where the freight comes in, where the packs come in, they have like a, a mobile mass spectrometer that can test things on the spot and tell them what it is. But I don't think customs where people go through, they have that item yet. I know they, um, when they're testing for uh, people bringing in narcotics and other things, they have the field test that change colors. 
So again, you'd have to be a, really a target and, and they'd have to have a really good reason to look at you. Maybe being 230, 240 pounds ripped might make you subject and they might think you're already doing something. But again, if you have your BCAs and your pill organizer with your, with your creatine caps, with your multivitamins, with your stuff, and you got a couple of, of uh, tabs in there, they might not find them. Another thing you could do, which is very, very nifty, very crafty, you could bring bottles of legal over-the-counter supplements with you. And then if you have capsules, just swap out one of the bottles completely for one of your capsules of your good stuff. If your stuff comes in tabs or some of these smaller tabs that you can maybe break in half a little bit, you can open your, uh, your bottle, let's say, of, of Entuslin, right? Now I'm not saying anybody do this, but Entuslin, HCGM, whatever, right? And you pull it out, you pour out some, some, some capsules, you pick some out and you open them and you let some of, the, some of what's inside pour out. Then you stuff, uh, you break your, your tabs in half and you, and you stick them in the, in the capsule and you, sh and you close them back up. And then with a little knife, you make a little mark on both sides. So it looks like a little mark, almost like a little screw almost. And you do that to every, every capsule that you've loaded with your tab of juice of sauce, you put a little mark on it. And then you toss all the fucking caps back in that bottle. So now you might have a bottle of HCGen that's got a hundred tablets, a hundred capsules of just HCGen, and then 50 that are loaded with a little, with a little, you know, tavadibo that's broken into. And the way you can tell which is which is because you, you made a little mark on both edges of the capsule and you know which one is which. So even if you got down to it where you were really unlucky and they took your bottle of HCGen and this event to generate said, what is this? And you'd have a three to one chance that the capsule that gets tested might not have the sauce in it. Um, uh, as far as liquids, I'm oh, sorry, go ahead, Steve. You got something, Steve? Yeah, yeah. So wouldn't, wouldn't they be looking for that, though? Because if you're trying to smuggle, like, heroin or cocaine from another country, hasn't someone already thought of doing that? Like, isn't, like wouldn't they think, like, wow, this guy is, has these supplements? Wouldn't they already think, like, wow, this is, this is kind of suspicious or no? Like, well, is, uh, you know? Okay, good question. Well, like I said at the start, you don't want to bring anything into the country. I'm talking about if you're flying out of the U.S. to Dominican Republic for a vacation and you want to continue your cycle. If you're flying from, you know, New York to L.A. and you got stuff to do, it's just a stealthy way of bringing it. But if you're coming into the country, man, and you're going through customs, one thing, it's, it's not really even about your answers or what you have on you. It's about your attitude. And if you're not a career criminal, when you're in front of a customs officer and you know you're, 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 you've got some shit on you that you're hiding, you're going to get nervous and you're going to begin sweating and your pupils are going to dilate and your hands are going to shake a little bit. And they're gonna t they, they'll just know right away before they even open your, your, your stuff that you're fucked, that you're, that you're doing something you're not supposed to because you're not a career criminal. So flying into the U.S., Flying into the UK. Look, didn't Stallone go to, go to um, spend a night in jail or two for trying to fly his testosterone? Or what was it? H a, uh, human growth hormone into Australia, was it? Correct, yeah. Mm -hmm. So uh, you definitely do not want to fly into a first world country carrying anything illegal. And steroids are Schedule 3 in the US. So if you're at JFK Airport, if you're Miami Airport, LAX coming in, and you've got steroids with you, it's in no, in no prescription, no U.S. prescription, by the way. It's got to be U.S. prescription. But if you have some steroids with you from out of the country, 
and uh, no real prescription, it's as good as having heroin or cocaine with you. You know what I mean? But but what I do mean is, um, in case you're going for a trip, you stealth out, you know, 50 tabs and, and turn them into. So that way, man, look, you you might be in in uh you might be in Miami hanging out, and you just don't even want to leave in your room a bottle of juice. You don't want to carry with you stuff that looks suspect just for any reason. So you can stealthily. Uh, um, loaded in some of your of some of your capsules from from over the counter supplements and go. And again, there are no customs flying with within inside of the U.S. There's also no customs on the way out of the U.S. Some countries will do customs on the way out, uh, like some countries that have problems with drugs coming out of the country. They will have customs on the way out. So let's say you're trying to bring uh, steroids from. Uh, to the U.S. from Mexico or Dominican Republic or South America, they might catch them on the way out because they will check. They'll check your stuff before you leave. Something the U.S. doesn't do. The, the U.S. does not. It's not worried about you st smuggling stuff out. They only worry about what's coming in. So, you know, these things I, I said work. Also, if you have liquids, if you uh, order some uh, some auxiliary stuff, oral liquids, just buy the little pack, uh, the ones that, that are, are legal for flight, for carry-on, replace it, and always check that shit in. By the way, another thing, you never want to carry on any liquids, any tablets, any supplements, anything, bro. Just check that shit in. Check it in. Because carry-on, not only are they also worried about you taking stuff you're not supposed to, which is always a problem with, with plane flight, but carry-on, they're worrying about you doing something dangerous inside of the airplane. So there's an extra level of scrutiny that carry-on uh, baggage that packages go through than check-ins. Check-in, they're just worried about the regular stuff, but not worried about you doing anything funny on the plane. Carry-on, you could, you know, you could, you could, um, you know, they'll look at your bottle of uh, of supplements and they'll say, "What's in these tabs? What powder is in there?" You know, they might worry you're doing something weird to do on the plane. So that all that shit gets checked in. Yeah, all that stuff gets checked in. So they wouldn't I, even I, let me take uh, toothpaste on the plane. No, you can't. You can't. You can't. Don't you? You can't. Ridiculous. You can't. If you take a nail clipper, it can't have the file on it with the little pin with the little point on it. I mean, it's they really are. They're very strict. So definitely never carry anything on that that you shouldn't that you need to be worried about. And as far as as far as traveling with your stuff, man, look, I just gave you a bunch of solutions. Just get a pill organizer. Uh, know know anything and just fill your months and you have your tabs in there. Very, very hard to get looked at. Um, bring real over-the-counter supplements, four, five, six bottles that you're taking, take them with you. And in one of those, only a portion of them, load them up with your sauce, uh, mark the sides, you're good. If you've got liquids, uh, oral liquids that you drink, make sure to swap them out, swap them out and, and replace them. Now, if you have injectables, you have oils that you got to take with you, that's rough. I probably would not do that. Now, again... If you're flying out of the U.S., you could take a chance just, just taking the labels off those bottles and flying with them blank and maybe tossing them in with, your, with, with, you know, with something that's similar, babe stuff, hair, you know, facial care stuff. And you can, you know, a customs official at the country you're arriving is busy enough. They don't, you know, they're not going to sit there and try to, especially if you're going on a vacation to a third world country, like I said, I'm using DR Cancun as an example. They're not going to sit there and have a, a portal mass spectrometer to, to test what your stuff is. You're, you're, pretty, you're pretty in the clear. The main thing with traveling is don't, don't travel with anything that, that says what the fuck it is on it because you gave yourself out right away. If the stuff is just unlabeled and you know what it is, 
you'd have to run into a really serious issue and get put through a really serious machine for them to to figure out what what the hell is in there. Um, How are you going to inject it though when you get to that country? Uh, most countries, most countries you you can buy needles over the counter. Look, if you're going to DR, if you're going to Cancun, just buy the fucking steroids over there. Yeah. You know? <laughs> you know, yeah. I mean, seriously, bro. If you're going to DR, if you're going to third world country, that's another thing that's just silly to me. If you're going to a third world country, just buy the fucking steroids over there. If you're, you know, if you're going to, um, especially if you're going to inject, you could take some of your pills with you. You're going to inject. If you're traveling New York to LA, um, just take the fucking labels of the of the stuff. Put it in 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 other items that look like it. Check that shit in, and and, and you know, hope for the best. You should be you should be in the clear. I mean, you. So what do you what do you tell the guy when you get there? You just tell a taxi driver as soon as you get to the airport. Yo, take me to buy steroids. What do you tell him? Take me you to first the pharmacy. Go, you, you, you first go online and find supplement stores in that area, in that city. And once you go online and you find the supplement stores in the city, I mean, if, if it's a country where steroids are not, are not criminalized the way they are in the U.S., where a, a steroid uh, model is the same as having narcotics, if it's a country where, where it's not like that, you could just shit. You could, you could make calls to the supplement stores and even the, the pharmacia before you even come down long distance call Skype, say, Hey, you have this, you have that. I'll be there in a week. You, you could, you could, you know, you, you work that shit out. I wouldn't go like a cab driver and say, get me steroids. They, they could usually get narcotics, but probably not steroids. I would definitely. <laughs> get yeah. Yeah, not, not steroids. Just go, just hit the supplement stores, man. Muscle stores where they, you know, in third world countries where they sell protein and BCAs, they'll sell steroids behind the counter as well. Most how, do you, how do you say steroids in Sp- Spanish, just in case I ever go? El esteroido. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they won't know steroids. Or know it's a, it's a, es, es, esteroide. Or you say like esteroide or testosterona. Or they, testosterona, nandrolona. It's like nandrolona. Or, uh-huh. you know. What about juice? How do you say juice? Oh, juice is hugo, but they don't, they don't go by, they don't call it hugo. I can't just point out my voice. base up and say juice, juice. They don't know. They don't. They don't. They just call it. Um. They call. You know. Funny enough, at least in Venezuela and Colombia, they call it pincho. Pincho means the injection, like the, the injection site. They just call it site, or they call it going on cycle. They don't. There is no words. They, oh, they call them anabolics, or they call it going on cycle, or they call it hitting hitting the pincho, hitting the, the the needle. But they don't. It's not like like saws, gear, juice like we have. There there isn't really a word for it that I can that I know of yet. So if I get to the resort, I can go to the front desk, dude. It's easy to get narcotics. Be like, and just say, "Hey, narcotics," and he'll he'll hook me up. You think? Uh, usually, cab drivers. Usually, cab drivers. The cab drivers got the hookup. Okay. Usually, cab drivers have the hookup. Front desk people, the front desk people usually very well paid. They're usually the ones that are bilingual. Those are most likely going to be afraid of their their job a little bit. Um, the bellman, the guy who takes you up to your room. They're usually down to help out with whatever. Uh, cab drivers are down to help out with whatever. And look, with social media, with Facebook, you can just network and find the places in the city that you're going to and start talking about the steroids and everything you're gonna encounter when you get there. I mean, before you even go. In a lot of these countries, steroids are not illegal. They're not such a big deal. Um, I, look, for example, in, in, I know in Colombia, where, where, I, where I go a lot, they are, not illegal to possess, to sell, to use, nothing. You're not allowed to make them. If you make steroids, they might put you in jail for making fake medications, quote unquote. 
But if you are using them, buying them, selling them, you could you could buy them pretty much over the counter at, at any pharmacy. You could buy testosterone here. All right, buddy, that's good information. So the next one is he's in his mid-30s. He's new to the game, and he wants to know um, his friend kind of introduced him to steroids. He knows absolutely nothing about them. He wants to know what's the next step because he wants to educate himself on it. So um, let me uh, say first, um, when I was in that situation, uh, a friend of mine also got me you know, interested in steroids. So the first thing I did is I went online and I started Googling and I came across you know, the old EF forum. And the old EF forum was chock full of information. There were a lot of vets on there. And I kind of you know, network with some of these vets. I kind of picked their brain a little bit, some of these moderators on there. And I kind of learned that way. So I think that's a good first step. I saw, you know, I, was, I read a lot of threads, looked at a lot of um, posts from people. If I had questions, I posted a thread and asked. And that's kind of how I, how I got into the game. So I learned that way. I think today there's a lot more information out there. If you go on our forum, evolutionary.org forum, there's so many articles on every compound and there's stacks and there's all kinds of information. There's information how to get blood work. There's information on every compound, every supplement, every SARM, everything. So it's chock full of information. So there's really no excuse today, I think, to do your own homework. And at, at, at the end of the day, reach out to me, Steve SMI on the forum, you have further questions and I'll, you know, I'll do my best to, to definitely help you. Um, I'm a busy guy, but I'll do my best to help you with any questions you have, but you know, it's always good to just do your homework. Don't listen to friends. There's a lot of bad information that you will get from listening to buddies of yours, um, who really don't know what they're doing either, but they, um, even though they've used steroids for like maybe two, three years or five years, they still don't know what they're doing. So you really need to do your own homework before you put stuff in your body. How about you, Rick? How'd you get into the steroid game and, and originally, and what's your advice today for guys? Um, quick, quick uh, run through. I discussed it on another, on another podcast of how I got into it, but basically I was, I was always kind of interested in, in juicing steroids just from hearing it mentioned, you know, being in the gym and as a teenager and working out and, I used to buy a lot of supplements and uh, I picked up a magazine one day. It was two blonde girls on the cover working out, two blonde girls. I, I believe that was the first issue I picked up. I can't quite remember. It might have been earlier, but um, it was uh, Muscle Media 2000. And I started reading articles by Dan Duchesne. I started reading articles by uh, Bill Phillips. Started reading a lot of uh, information there. Bought some phosphagen, bought some EAS products. Um, bought, bought into Vanadil at the time. And I really started to learn about steroids and, and the legality of steroids and everything during the Muscle Media 2000 era when I was, uh, I was reading all those, all those articles. And then that was very late 90-ish. And then around 1999, I actually uh, got online to, uh, it was the first computer that we had at the house. It was a, a birthday gift from my dad. I was about 18 and uh, we, I just got online and I found elite fitness. <laughs> I found elitefitness.com uh, just, uh, just shy of the year 2000 going in. And man, it was just a treasure trove of information. 
bunch of really smart guys there discussing uh, all these compounds are very high level. And back then, man, there were so sources were abundant, very abundant. And uh, stuff used to get through customs a lot easier. Everything was legit, human grade or veterinarian. There were there were no UG labs. There were no underground labs to speak of. It, it, people used to argue about what was better, human grade or vet grade. Uh, a lot of guys would refuse to use veterinary grade stuff. They just wouldn't. Only human grade. So it's a different uh, different story now. Nowadays, today, right? If you're an older guy, 35, 30 something, and you get into into steroids, you probably have a career, kids, uh, a wife. You have things to do. You don't have all fucking day to sift through all this information that is out there. It's very, very hard. And because there is so much information out there, it's hard to, to, to it's hard to get through it all. So here's what you need. You only need a couple of things. You don't need a lot. You need one. You need a book. You need Bill Llewellyn's uh, Anabolics book. It's a good reference guide. It's got a, it's lists a lot of uh, very important uh, information. And it's just a good guide to have. Bill Llewellyn's book. I think if you use steroids, you should at least have one of the one of the one of the editions. Second, subscribe to this podcast. Make sure it automatically download, downloads to your phone. We're doing two episodes a week. Um, you can go f- back back pretty far on the podcast and, and find a lot of good information. Or if you start uh, pat- podcast two two fifty four was my first episode. Is that right, Steve? I don't remember what, what was my first episode. I, I'm not sure. Um, it's around there. Yeah. So around when I when I got on the podcast, around episode 254, 255, 256 that we started, I wanted to make it all about steroids. Like just distill it down to just pure steroid information and, and nothing else. So subscribe to this podcast because every week you're going to have not only this question and answer, but you're also going to have a compound that is featured that week for being discussed in depth this week. Um, on, on Thursday, we should have the podcast up for testosterone. Last uh, uh, Thursday, we had the podcast up for uh, Equipoise. Uh, Thursday before that, we had the podcast up for Dianabo. So, so, so get on this pod, get subscribed to this podcast, buy Bill Llewellyn's book. Uh, make sure you, you uh, register and have a membership to both evolutionary.org and Elite Fitness. And um, that's about it. I mean, you might want to date, follow Dave. I like Dave Palumbo. Uh, I like his stuff on YouTube. He's good. He covers the F, the IFBB a lot. So he covers a lot of the bodybuilding shows. And that's something not many guys out there care about. A lot of dudes want to use steroids, want to look good, don't care about bodybuilding competitions. So you will have to you know, sift through some of that stuff, some of the bodybuilding coverage in order to get some really good info. But that is a good um, YouTube channel to follow is uh, Dave's. Um, also subscribe to our Need to Build Muscle YouTube channel, n2bm.tv. So we have uh, some good videos there. But that's about all you need, man. You need that book as a, as a guide. You need, you need this podcast to uh, keep you up to date, two episodes a week of just distilled information. We've already done all the research for you. We're just letting you know what Steve and I know to be the most effective and safest course of action if you're already going to undertake this kind of unsafe lifestyle, I guess you could say, and, uh, and a membership to the forums. So why is the membership to the forums important? Um, the reason the membership to the forums is very important is because you can ask questions real time, live, anonymously. You can't do that on Facebook. You can't, look, even if you search something on Google, you're, 
you're, you're going to be offered ads. You know, Google's tracking what you do, what you ask it. You can go on the forums. You can go on Elite Fitness. You can go on evolutionary.org or, elite, or elitefitness.com. You can search in the search engine any questions that you have. You can go on the forums anonymously, completely anonymously, ask your questions. Elite Fitness, Evolutionary is never going to chase you around uh, Facebook and Instagram, you know, reminding you of what you posted on the forums. It's just completely anonymous and completely disconnected from your social. So you need those three things, man. You need the, the desk reference guide. You need the, the podcast to listen to. And you need to be able to get on the forums and ask some questions and, and solve some stuff. You, you got those three things. That's a very good place to start. And that's a, a good way to not have to, uh, you know, go through a lot of stuff. You can just get right to the info you're looking for. All right, guys. So our third one, this is a good one for especially you guys who are new to this. We get this complaint a lot. Guys start using steroids and their joints start aching. So first off, uh, let me take this one first. I think the first thing I want to know in your situation is your history. Do you have a history of joint issues? I'd want to know what's your physique like? What's your physical structure like? It's not a coincidence that you see guys who have like long, lanky limbs tend to complain more about their knees and their elbows than guys who have shorter limbs. Guys with shorter limbs tend to have issues with the lower legs, with the ankles maybe, with the feet, with the hands, with the wrists even. So it just depends on your physical stature. And then I'd also want to know what you're using on cycle. There is definitely a connection between what guys use and joint issues. I can say me, I don't have an issue with joints, but when I use Winstrol, that dried my joints a lot. And I started getting achy, achy joints on Winstrol. So I want to know what you're using. So those factors all have you know, a profound effect. Other than that, you also got to look at your workouts themselves. Are you overtraining? Um, if you do too much training of a specific joint, let's say you do tons of pull-ups one day, do 10 sets of pull-ups, and then the next couple, that for the next week, your elbows are hurting. Well, you probably did something to cause a little bit of a nagging injury and your body starts spitting out inflammation to kind of repair that that overtraining so maybe you overtrained maybe your form isn't good um, if you're lifting heavy weights if you're not using correct form if you're doing one or two rep and and maxing out on these lifts that can affect your joint health your diet that's another issue are you getting enough good fats in your diet a lot of guys don't get enough good fats in their diets if you don't get good fats you're not lubricating your joints and then the, finally, N2 Joint RX is a great supplement for joint health. That's something you should definitely should be taking. If you're lifting heavy, if you're using Winstrol, if you're using most steroids like Tran, things like that, that really, really put a lot of pressure on your joints and you're going heavy and you're going hard, then N2 Joint RX makes a big difference. If you look at the ingredients on it, it's full of excellent products, excellent supplements all in one that can help with that. So for me, when I started getting my joint problems, I started taking it and I kind of eased up on my training. I stopped the Winstrol and then the joint problems slowly, gradually got better. But if I had kept pounding away, 
that problem could have been chronic. So that's something you don't want. You don't want chronic injuries by pounding away. Rick, what's your opinion on it? Well, joint pain, uh, joint pain is tricky. Joint pain is very tricky. Now, when it comes to just bodybuilding reasons for joint pain, obviously, you know, bad form, too much weight, uh, bad technique, not, not resting enough. Dropping your, your estrogen too low. If you overdo the, the anti-estrogens and you drop your estrogen too, too low, you'll experience some joint pain. Some of the steroids that will dry you up a little bit, like Winstrol, like Steve said, will give people a little bit of joint pain, joint discomfort. Um, so, you know, making sure that you're not dropping your estrogen too low, overdoing the anti-es, uh, just watching, keeping an eye on what you're using. That's all, those are all very valid ways to deal with it. Now, here's another thing I want everybody out there to understand as well about joint pain. Don't ignore it because constant joint pain can be something else, something much more serious than just what you're doing in the gym or just the steroids you're taking uh, or anti-estrogens you're taking, something way serious. You know, jo joint pain can also be a symptom for anything from cancer, even uh, excess uric acid, which will crystallize in your joints and make everything painful. If the joint pain doesn't act like normal joint pain, you need to get out to the doctor. And what is normal joint pain? Normal joint pain, it starts to get better after a day or two. You know, if you hurt, if you hurt a joint today, you worked out today, tomorrow it should be a little bit, a little bit better than the day after. It'll get better. If your joint pain or bone pain gets progressively worse or is worsening, even as maybe you lay off the gym, you got to go checked out because joint pain can be something way more serious than anything, you know, anything you're doing in the gym. All right, guys, so our next topic is another one we get almost every day on the forum. And it's guys who are pinning steroids and they're complaining about pain at the site, pain running down from the site, and also red, hot to the touch pain. So what is going on here, guys? Um, you know, let me, let me just say, first of all, we get this question a lot. And guys, most of the time, I'd say 99% of the time, it is not an infection. What that is, is simply your body having a reaction to what you're injecting. Because our bodies think that it's a foreign invader when you inject the gear. It could be something, it could be the metabolites in the gear. It could be the oil, the type of oil. It could be your body's just in the mood to freak out. Maybe your body just didn't want to be injected that day. So it's, it's going to react. So what, what does the body do when it reacts to any foreign invasion? Of course, it's going to raise the temperature because it wants to, it wants to get rid of it. It's trying to it, expel it out of the body. So that's a normal way for our immune system to react. So most of the time, guys, 99% of the time, it is nothing to worry about, especially if it starts right away. It's simply that post-injection pain. Now, what I would recommend is that if you continuously get this issue and you're rotating sites and you're getting this consistently, I would change the type of gear you're injecting because obviously it's not agreeing with you. And sometimes some sources they'll use, they might use grapeseed oil, they may use cottonseed oil, they may use another oil. Um, I've seen sources even use peanut oil. If you're allergic to peanuts, every time you inject, you're going to have a reaction because your body is going to think that you're getting invaded by peanuts and your body doesn't like peanuts. So try a different source. 
If you're getting this from a specific spot on your body, stop injecting that spot because your body does not like to be pinned there. Another problem too is tissue irritation. And uh, this is really common. If you inject in your triceps and your biceps and your calves, those types of very, very sensitive muscles, again, you, you will get something called tissue irritation. And the bad news with tissue irritation, it's going to take a while to go away. It can take seven, eight, nine, ten 10 days, two weeks to go away. And in that time, there's really not much you can do except maybe put some ice on it to kind of um, ease up on that. And you might notice it kind of gets big, you know, the, the muscle kind of like gets like 25, 50% bigger than the other muscle because it's inflamed because the body's trying to fight what it perceives as an injury. So there's all kinds of different reasons for these types of issues. But if it consists consistently happens, guys, you have to consider changing brands or you have to consider not injecting in that specific spot. And I've had all the above happen to me. I'm, I'm one of the more sensitive guys when it comes to post-injection pain. We call it PIP on the forums. I'm probably one of the more sensitive people when it comes to it. I get, sense, I get reactions to just about every gear out there. It sucks, but it's just something that I've learned to live with. Um, and one of the tricks I do is just I don't inject very much steroids. And I make sure that the muscles I inject in like don't mind being injected and I inject after a hot shower and stuff like that. And that kind of eases it up. So everyone's different. Some guys can just inject and it doesn't even bother them. How about you, Rick? What's your advice here? I think you covered it pretty well. I would say, look, one way to know if, if you have an actual infection from your shot is the way it looks, if it's light in the middle and reddish, darkish on the outside, chances are that is an infection. When I mean light in the middle, I don't mean you, you wait until this, this pus there and you know, now I have an infection. Now like, it'll be warm to the touch, it'll, be, it'll have like a, a reddish ring and it'll be lighter, lighter in the middle uh, while the infection is coming along. And another way to know if it's an infection or your muscle is just sore from the injection, maybe short esters, there's crystallized, whatever, one way to know if it's an infection or not is if it gets progressively worse, you know, if it, if it gets worse, if it doesn't improve. An infection is going to get progressively worse uh, as opposed to maybe a, a bad shot, which should get better, feel better the next day and feel better after. So that is a, another way of knowing if you have an infection. Everything else, man, just like Steve said, I think you covered it well, Steve. No need to go over it again. I think... All right, guys, so our last topic is funny gym stories. So let me tell mine first and let Rick, if Rick has one or if he wants to react. So um, this, this happened uh, quite, quite a few years ago. This was over in, uh, in, uh, at a gym. It was a um, pretty good meathead gym that I used to work out at. And so I'm working out just like normal. So it's like a normal five, five six o'clock evening. I like to work out after work. And, um, one of my, uh, you know, chick friends that I, you know, got to know at the gym cause she, you know, how it goes. I, you know, you work out, you get to know people every day. The same regulars come in five o'clock sharp. They leave work, go home, take a dump, get their gym equipment, come, come to the gym. Same thing. Everyone does the same thing and you see them every day. You get to know them. So, you know, I work out sometimes, you know, she, you know, she has me spot her or whatnot. She's, she's flirtatious and stuff. 
I mean, I never fucked her or anything, but we were, we became, you know, pretty cool friends. You know, she's a cool, cool girl. So one day she comes in, you know, I'm working out like usual. She comes in like 15 minutes late, which is not normal for her. She's usually there like literally right when I show up, she'll show up like a minute or two after where creatures are nature. So she shows up like 15 minutes, she throws her bag on the floor. And I'm like, I'm like, Rebecca, like, what the hell, what the hell is wrong? You're in a bad mood today. I'm like, fucking with her. And she like gives me this mean look. And I'm like, what? I'm like, what's up? Like, seriously, what's wrong? And she's like, I just got in a fight with some guy in the parking lot. She's like, I, you know, he was yelling at me. He wanted to kick my ass. Blah, blah, blah. I'm like, what? She's like this little petite, like 110 pound girl and stuff. And I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. like. What? what you know are you serious and she's like yeah he was gonna kick my ass blah 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 i didn't even do anything so i'm like who's this guy like what car was it i'm gonna go outside i'm gonna fucking find out who this motherfucker is like you know point his car out she's like no 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 steve i don't want to get you involved blah 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 and i'm like i'm like wait a minute he shouldn't be yelling at, at, a, at a woman you know that's bullshit he doesn't have a right to threaten you and and say he's gonna kick your ass what the fuck so she's like, no, let it go. I don't want to get you involved, blah, blah, blah. So like in a, maybe half hour later, you know, we're working out in the gym. She's, she's doing the pull down machine. I'm like right next to her and she points and she's like, she comes up to me. She's like, what's her? She's like, Steve, that's him over there. So I look over to the guy and I'm like, holy shit. I'm like, I'm like, do you know who that guy is? And she's like, no, I'm like, that's a, that's a professional football player. That's Barry Wagner. You know, he's, he's one of the best AFL players during, during the 90s, and, and he played in the 2000s in a couple NFL teams. So I was like, fuck, you know. I've seen him around the gym, you know, working out. You know, we have a lot of, like, you know, former professional athletes and current professional athletes who hit the gym, too. It was the off season, and I was like, fuck. So I was like, man, he's threatening her. Like this guy's like fucking 230, 340 pounds, six foot four. He's threatening this little 110 pound girl. So I'm like that, this shit doesn't add up. It's like a week later, I I go up to him. I'm like, I'm like, yo, what's up, Barry? You know, he's like, he's like, Hey, you know, he knows who I am. We don't, we're not on a first name basis, but he's seen me around the gym a lot. So I'm like, I'm like, dude, I, I, I'm sorry to bother you, you know, but I mean, I got to ask you this. I mean, do you remember some girl like a week ago? getting in confrontation with her in the parking lot. And he's like, he's like, Oh shit. You talking about that little Mexican girl. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. What happened with that? He's like, Oh my gosh. He's like, I was in the parking lot, parking my car. And she rams into the side of my car with her car. And then she attempts to leave the parking lot. So I'm like, I run after her and I stop her in the parking lot. And I'm like knocking on her window. I just want her insurance information. And she starts cursing at me, calling me the N word. End this, end that, end this, get away from me. Like threatening to shoot me and all this stuff. And I'm like, holy shit. So I was like, fuck, you know, it's like, so that's a perfect example of don't jump to conclusions. Cause a week earlier, if I'd run outside trying to kick this guy's ass, he would have fucking beat the shit out of me. This guy's like six foot four, 230, 240 pounds <laughs> football player. So that's just a perfect example, guys, of never, like, just take someone's word for what they say. She was completely in the wrong. Like, she hit him in the parking lot, and she just didn't want to, like, fork over her insurance information to him and stuff. So, 
yeah, that was, uh, I almost got my ass kicked on that, on that particular day. That's, yeah, it's, it's tough to try to come back after the fact and figure out what happened. You kind of have to be there to, to be a hero because you come back after the fact, man, um, you won't, you might not be on the right side of the, of the argument. Yeah. So, you know, that's just a lesson guys. Never, uh, never let your temper get to you and never just like, yeah, never try to be the hero. It's, there's always two sides to every story. So don't just take someone's word for it. So, all right, guys, look, look, we really appreciate the, the questions coming in again. If you have questions, just drop me a message, Steve SMI on the forums. I look forward to talk to you guys. We will talk to you guys on the next episode. Have a good one, Rick. Hey, have a good one, Steve. Have a good one, guys. Guys, this is the required legal disclaimer. We are only sharing our experience from years of steroid use. We are not doctors, and none of what we say should be regarded as medical advice. Always check with your doctor before taking any drugs or starting any training program.